from KGW News, this is Straight Talk with Laurel Porter. Hello and welcome to Straight Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. If you live in Portland, you should be getting your ballot any day if you haven't already for Portland's special election on August 11th. I got my ballot on Wednesday. Loretta Smith and Dan Ryan are in a runoff for the seat held by the late Nick Fish, who died in January after a two-year battle with cancer. Smith is a former Multnomah County Commissioner with years of political experience. Dan Ryan is a first-time candidate and veteran education nonprofit executive. Whoever wins the race will join the four other commissioners on Portland City Council immediately. And they will join at a tumultuous time. The city's in the middle of a pandemic and gripped by protests and nightly clashes with police amid a call for police reform and racial equity. And the president sent federal officers to Portland, further complicating and politicizing the protests. Today, we find out how each of the candidates view their role in the council and their vision for the future of the city. Welcome to my guests, Loretta Smith and Dan Ryan. Welcome to Straight Talk. It's nice to have you both here. Good to be here. I want to let you both know that I'm not going to run a stopwatch, but because we have a lot to get to, <laughs> I may jump in from time to time to keep us moving along. So if you could try to keep your answers to about a minute or less, that would be great. And I want to let our viewers know we're taping this Thursday afternoon, and I know a lot's happening. Things are fluid, so things could change. So keep that in mind. But first, you know, I want to set this question up. First, whoever wins the race jumps right in the next day, and you'll have big and difficult issues before you. And top of mind for people are these protests downtown. Those protests are in their eighth week, and the presence of federal officers has added another layer. And Portland's been on the national news much of this week. Local, state, and congressional leaders have all said they want the feds to leave, that they've made things worse. But the Trump administration blames Portland leadership for not doing enough to stop the nightly clashes with police and stop the damage to downtown and federal property. So my question is, what do you think? Have the mayor and city council done enough? And if you're on the council, what would you do to bring this to a resolution? Let's begin with Loretta Smith. Loretta? Thank you for having me. Council has done What we need to do is sit down with these sisters and talk some of the things that they're concerned about. And I want to be really clear. This is not Black Lives Matter. There are anarchists out there that have co-opted this movement. And me, the protest is not by continued uh, strikes between the public and the police. We have to get those federal officers out of the way. And by the way, if we're talking about uh, police brutality, because that's how this whole thing started, was George Floyd was killed by a Minneapolis police with his foot on his neck and he couldn't breathe. Let's keep that at the forefront. And if we want to uh, really talk about how to do that, imagine waking up in the morning to find out that your mayor was tear gassed by federal officers. Everybody should be up in arms. So if they do that to a white male mayor, imagine what they're gonna do to black and brown folks who are down there protesting peacefully. We have to stop this. We have to, we actually have to pass this police contract and we need to make sure the federal officers are out of the way. Dan, let me ask you, what do you think? Do you want to see these late night, more combative, sometimes destructive protests? And what would you do to bring this to a resolution? Yeah, no, thank you, Laurel. Uh, you know, I've been down there a couple of times and I, I, everyone I think experiences the same thing where early in the evening, it's peaceful and we're getting our, the message out and Portland comes together. 
And then I know I go home and I watch uh, the devastation. And um, I think Portland's at a point where we're in a crisis. We're in a, we're in a, we need a peace summit is what I think. I think, you know, I grew up uh, admiring Jimmy Carter and the work in the Middle East. And I think we need a, a Middle East type summit right here in Portland. I have a lot of skills in conflict negotiation. I think we need to uh, have two people representative from different <laughs> fractions of the protesters. We need two police. We need uh, we need people from business, small business, people, the residents that are influenced by this that live downtown, that live on Killingsworth and 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 North and MLK and in North Portland, where I live, by the police headquarters. We need to have this street response team uh, make sure that they're that they're de-escalated and, and that there's uh, and there's no cell phones in the meeting. Well, I really do think we need to try a different mm -hmm. approach. It's well, time me, to have a conversation. Well, let me ask you about and, both and figure out what the goals are. Well, let's talk about that because we've heard from businesses that have been vandalized, some of them broken into three times, and they tell us they can't take much more of this. Dan, what would you say to businesses? I would say that we need you at the table as well because you're being affected by this. We are in a economic devastation. We are in a pandemic. Uh, we have to figure out how to get the revenue streams moving again. We have to turn the spigot on for currency. And so we need to make sure that we don't lose our businesses. We need to make sure that the city comes together. This is a city that's built on a scrappiness, on um, a lot of humanity, a lot of love, and we need to come together and take care of one another because we're entering the most devastating uh, depression we've ever been in. And so it's high time for us to admit that and accept that. And we need to have a summit so we can start taking care of each other. It's going to come down to shelter and food. Loretta, you talk about being a small business owner. What do you want to say to businesses? Right. Well, what I want to say to businesses, I think we need to set aside a pot of money uh, for small businesses so that they can actually recover from the COVID-19 and from the protesting. But where me and my um, opponent differ is I need to sit down with the protesters first before we bring any other folks to that table. We need to make sure that we have a clear agenda from them because they're the ones that are protesting in the evenings. They're the ones that are fighting the establishment and the status quo. We can't always bring other people in the room just to make us feel comfortable. You're gonna be uncomfortable having these conversations and you need someone like me. I raised the black son in this community. This is so emotional for me to watch someone like George Floyd lose his breath and die at the hands of the police. But at the same time, we need to have a really solid, bold leadership that's not afraid to talk to protesters well, themselves. Loretta, let me ask you, <laughs> let me jump in here. I wanted to ask you on police reform. In the 2018 campaign against Joanne Hardesty, Loretta, you supported hiring more police officers, and you said the number hadn't kept up with the increase in population, while Hardesty at the time wanted cuts to police. Now you've supported cutting the police budget by 50 million. That's more than Hardesty had asked for in the last budget vote she got, and... and <laughs> 15 million. How do you explain your change in thinking on this? Yeah, because Commissioner Hardesty's amendment was not aggressive enough. And if you talk to any of the community leaders, I have changed what I think on, on what it means to have a clear police reform. We should not have tear gas, chokeholds, rubber bullets uh, beating our peaceful protesters down. We need to have a very aggressive plan to use some of that extra budget that was put in the budget that has not been used and put that back in unity. I have a five point that I dropped including 20% off the police budget. 
granted, take the qualifying uh, immunity away, taking away the chokeholds and the tear gas, and actually doing hard pushing one of our to have a community citizens um, a group will be codified on the uh, ballot in November. And once we do those things, I think we can we can get off to a good start. Dan Ryan, Commissioner Hardesty has endorsed you, and you said you support her plan for reimagining community safety. It includes cutting the number of police officers. Further, City Council already cut 60 officers earlier this summer. Also, creating alternatives to police and decriminalizing nonviolent crimes. A number of Portlanders disagree with this approach and say, at a time, especially when we've seen a record number of shootings in Portland, those moves would make the city less safe. How do you respond to their concerns? Yeah, I was endorsed. I am endorsed by Commissioner Hardesty because she really likes the fact that I have a community approach and I'm very comfortable with tension in meetings. And that's one reason why people ask me to be in this race is because I know how to bring different communities <laughs> together and have that creative tension in the room. I'm really um, I'm really clear that what I liked about her 15 million is that it was a repurposing of the budget to actually build a community safety system. I'm not somebody that's just gonna cut 50 million unless we have a plan with metrics and goals. And so I really think we're on the right start by building a new community safety system with people that know how to do it de-escalation, with, with skilled people that understand and that are in trauma informed. The police have been complaining they don't have those skill sets. We heard them, and so we need to bring in people on the front lines that do have those skill sets. Would you be in favor of the mayor giving up being police commissioner and making Joanne Hardesty police commissioner? Uh, Dan, first. That's a conversation that they're having uh, themselves, and I trust that those two uh, fine people are having that conversation. Mm -hmm. I think what I care about is that all five of us who are part of the city council are focused on this issue. One reason I wanted to get rid of this archaic form of five mini mayor government where people get lost in their own little micro uh, bureaus, not, not bu <laughs> micro bureaus, is that we need to be a team and the team has to function and the team has to stay focused on the top priorities of our time. Police reform work is that. I've never had any uh, mm -hmm. long-term relationship with the police department. I have a track mm -hmm. record of being tough and doing culture change work with unions. And so I'm looking forward to being that person to do that culture Loretta change Smith, work. Loretta Smith, do you think Joanne Hardesty <laughs> should be police commissioner? <laughs> I, I think she should. I, I trust her leadership. And I think if someone's going to trust you, you need to trust them. And it's really interesting that you can get support from a uh, sitting counselor, but you don't su support their leadership to lead the police. She's had decades of experience of fighting police reform, and now he's going to backtrack on someone who is his major endorsement. I don't think that that fits. I don't think that that works. I know that we may have some disagreements, but I do know that I will support Joanne Hardesty for the police commissioner. Loretta Smith and Dan Ryan, you both have really compelling life stories. Loretta Smith, raised by a single mom, you've talked about this as a young black woman from Michigan attending Oregon State University. Loretta tells a story of how yes. her college roommate told her she was moving out because she didn't want to room with a black girl. She herself is a single mother who raised her, her son in Portland one of the whitest cities in America. And Dan Ryan is an openly gay man living with HIV since the 80s, who at one point was told he had six months to live. 
He also tells the story of one of his six brothers, Tim, who had mental health issues and died on the streets of Portland. You both could bring insight, compassion, and determination of lived experiences to city council. And you agree on a lot of issues. So what do you think is mm -hmm. the biggest differentiation between the two of you and would make you the better choice to fill the late Nick Fish's seat? And let's begin with Loretta. I think that I have experience, leadership, a track record in government. I've been affecting resources to the most vulnerable in our community. I've been fighting for communities of color all my life. I've been fighting for young people, employment opportunities, and also been fighting for people who just don't have a voice at all. I've spoke up several times about homelessness and housing and making sure that our community-based uh, organizations, that they have resources to expand. And when the Coalition of Color came to me and said, our kids are not graduating from high school, I expanded their, uh, their role in partnership with Multnomah County with additional resources so that they can make sure our communities were graduating at the same rate as everyone else. Dan, what would make you the better choice and what differentiates you from Loretta Smith? Yeah, thank you. I, I think our life experiences are important. I'm glad you brought that up. I have 35 years of experience as a tested executive leader in the nonprofit space. And when you're the nonprofit leader, a community leader, you really have to rely on bringing so many people together to make results. And what, what I really am most proud of is the fact that in our time at All Hands Raised, we had a high school graduation crisis in this city and it wasn't moving, the whole state. And under my leadership, we brought together different sectors. So it wasn't just an echo chamber, but it included all the different sectors. And we were, we were clear about the goal. We were clear about the metrics. We were transparent. And in six years time, we saw a double digit increase in high school graduation rates. And we saw a four point increase acceleration by African-American and Latinx students. I believe uh, equity is something you measure. I believe it's an operation. I believe it's a verb. We do enough, um, we do enough uh, promising and we do a lot of proclamations in this city. It's time to be more transparent and actually have results. And so I come with a results agenda. Thank you, Dan. You're both taking part in the city's- If you go back to all hands raised agenda, you'll find that some of those folks from the communities of color had to hold Dan's feet to the fire to put additional resources in communities of color, community-based organizations that had uh, track records. And you can talk to Latino Network, you can talk to NEA, you can talk to Urco and Self Enhancement, and they'll tell you they had to push and push Dan to do more than what he was doing for kids in this community. And he was spending a lot of those dollars in more affluent neighborhoods. And so that's a fact. All right, and Dan, you, you want to respond to that? <laughs> Dan, will let you respond yeah, to that. Yeah, you could talk to a couple of my endorsers. Sure, sure. You could talk to, to a couple of my endorsers, including Mr. Lee Pocha from ERCO. The All Hands Raise initiative mm -hmm. was not built in the way that Loretta imagines. It was built to actually, we're, we have a lot of great <laughs> programs. We're program rich and system poor, but our system wasn't working. And people have been in government for decades and decades and haven't been out in the private sector. They're kind of tone deaf to that. So we needed to be more efficient and get results. And so it's about continuous improvement. And I know that, um, I, know, I know what I did when I was there. So I, I'll stand by my record. Let's move on to another question. You're both taking part in the yes. city's public campaign financing program, and you've both run into some reporting yes. problems. The public fund matches contributions six to one, but limits each contribution to $250. 
I'll begin with Loretta. The yes. Lamette Week reported you received a $6,000 contribution with no name attached to it. Donations are not supposed <laughs> to be anonymous and limited to $250. Your campaign said it was a mistake. The campaign lost track of individual contributions made in cash, and now yeah. you're donating the money to the Oregon Food Bank. It wasn't one, it wasn't well, one donation, me, it was finish, several donations. Let me finish the okay. question. Can you explain how that happened? And what can you tell voters who might be concerned what that says about your bookkeeping if you're elected and running a bureau? Well, I think we both had this, the same bookkeeper. And I think that um, when you're in a COVID crisis, you just have to understand that sometimes things get mixed up and sometimes get lost. But what we do know was we didn't lose any money. And as a result, I was required to uh, send the equal amount of money to a nonprofit. And so we sent it to Oregon Food Bank because we know people are out here struggling the community. That's why I supported the Black Resiliency Fund. I went and volunteered with them to make sure that people in the Black community, that they were able to pay for their bills, that they were able to eat and pay for their rent. So I know that uh, that's so important and that I'm gonna be on top of in terms of recovery as a city commissioner. I know that this is still gonna be a problem now and I want everybody to know I do have a commitment and a priority for making sure the most vulnerable are taken care of in this time of crisis. Well, Dan, you also had some problems with your campaign donations. You accepted $945 in donations over the cap and eventually returned the money, but not within the seven-day limit under city rules. What does that say about your bookkeeping? And with both of you having problems with this program, with so many other demands right now on city funds, should citizens continue funding this program to finance candidates? Absolutely. 89% of Portland voters were thrilled about uh, passing this campaign finance reform. Uh, we've been part of the pilot, if you will, and it allowed 19 people to run for this position and over 10 running great campaigns. Yes, um, in the speed of the primary where we were the top fundraising uh, uh, a candidate, we had a lot of, you know, I know each one of the incidents, one person pressed the digit uh, one extra time, so it was 600 instead of six. That was the biggest one. My brother, who was uh, in chemo, forgot he gave 250 earlier and did another one. And darn it, we were slow to return those funds, but we returned them all within a month and we didn't spend them. And I just think that it's so important as public officials that we're already public officials and that we have to be trusted uh, in this process. And I look forward to making sure this is a best practice. When I'm in office, I will make sure that I'm a leader that works out some of the kinks so we can move this forward and make sure that it has the integrity that Portlanders deserve. Dan Ryan, Loretta Smith, thank you. We'll continue our conversation mm -hmm. with Portland City Council candidates Loretta Smith and Dan Ryan. We'll ask them what they would do to address homelessness. We're back in two minutes. Welcome back to Straight Talk. I'm Laurel Porter and welcome once again to my guests, candidates in the Portland City Council special election, Dan Ryan and Loretta Smith. And remember that election is coming right up on August 11th. I want to jump right into an important topic. I know both of you are really passionate about homelessness. It's the number one issue for Portlanders consistently followed by affordable housing. And with the economic crisis we're facing, the number of houseless people is expected to increase. You agree on a lot of issues in this area, supporting programs for people who are homeless, producing more affordable housing. What can you tell voters about how their lives will be different if you're elected rather than your opponent? And we'll begin with Dan this time. Dan? Yeah, well, for me, this is so personal. It's a, my main motivation to run for office. 
my third oldest brother, as was mentioned earlier, was uh, perished uh, six years ago. He was found in a restroom with a bottle of vodka, a bus transfer, and 54 cents. And it was tough. It was tough to try to find services for Tim. It was, um, it was hard to house him. He was um, really wanting the medication, the street medication. And it was really difficult to find those supportive wraparound services for people like Tim. And I do believe that it's another example where people have been in office for a long time, like my opponent, just haven't gotten it done. And we continue to put money at this and we continue to build up little programs, but we're not looking at it systemically. It's a very complex local uh, problem and it needs a complex local solution. And my, uh, str my strategy and my success has been in my career to make sure you know exactly what the goals are, to break it down by population this is something that we need at least three tiers on. There's people like my brother, Tim, there's essential workers, which can't afford to live in Portland. And now we know who they are more than ever because of COVID. And then we have many, many people that are on the brink right now because they haven't been making money for the last five, six months. And so this is a big issue, but we have to look at it with the complexity that it deserves. And we need new people at the table. If you just have elected officials, their staffers, and those getting the contracts, those are called kiss the ring meetings. We need to have real tension in the rooms, which I'm very comfortable with. And we need to make sure that we get to the bottom of it. <laughs> okay, and then in one bring... year's time, we start to make progress. So in 10 years time, we can actually get somewhere. Let's bring Loretta Smith in. How would you address homelessness different than your opponent? Well, you know, I think help is on the way. We passed a housing measure in the primary that would afford homeless folks who are unsheltered on our streets with uh, wraparound supports that would help them with uh, drug and alcohol counseling. And for those folks who need uh, assistance with mental health challenges that they're experiencing, that we will be able to get those too. I support the city and the county joint office on housing and homelessness. Where we're going right now is a direct result of people who have done this for many, many years. I support Chair Kafori in her efforts. And I think what uh, city council will do having me on city council, there'll be another voice who's gonna stick up for those who are the most vulnerable. And if you look at who's on the streets and you look at who's getting the resources, you can, you can see that our most vulnerable families have been housed, but folks who are hard to house are those folks who actually need those supportive services. So you'll see me uh, holding the city council's feet to the fire, making sure we spend as many resources as we can so we can house people first and make sure that they're taken care of in their daily lives. Thank you, Loretta Smith. I want to give you each the opportunity for a final thought for voters about 45 seconds or so. Dan Ryan. Yeah, uh, you know, I came back in 1995 and 25 years later, I'm, I'm alive, I'm well, and I'm ready to serve my city. I love my city. I know you do too. And we have a lot of crises right now. Uh, I'm a reformer. I'm a change agent. And there's nothing like a lot of crisis for a lot of opportunity. I think you got to give the guy a shot that the person a shot that is from the community that is from the independent sector that's been able to get results with little means but but more about how to systemically change things portland's broke it was before the pandemic and we all deserve to be the city that we just we deserve a city that we can be proud of i'm ready and i want your vote and dan ryan for portland.com thank you dan loretta smith 
Now's not the time for on-the-job training. We need someone like me who has experience, who have leadership. I spent nearly a decade overseeing a multi-billion dollar budget as a Multnomah County Commissioner. I worked on a multi-trillion dollar budget identifying services and dollars for needed programs here locally as a congressional staffer. I know that we need to look at those other opportunities to basically serve those who are the most vulnerable. We have widespread poverty in our city in every zip code. I want everybody to be able not just to survive in this city, but to thrive. I wanna make sure that our our economy, which is based on small businesses, 85% of our economy is based on small business. We need to recover them. We need to make sure that everybody who has COVID, that they have the proper uh, support services in order to make sure that they can live the life they need to live. I am that person who's gonna speak truth to power, who's gonna make sure that all of the folks who need and want to survive in this city of Portland, uh, post COVID, that they're able to do so. I need your vote, I need your support, and I need you to turn in your ballot today for Loretta Smith. Thank you. (laughs) Loretta Smith, Dan Ryan, thank you so much for joining us on Straight Talk. And if you'd like to find out more about the candidates and their positions on other issues, check out their websites, Dan Ryan for Portland.com and VoteLorettaSmith.com. Your ballots in the special election are due back by 8 p.m. on Tuesday, August 11th. Thank you for watching and listening. Don't forget to download our new podcast. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for KGW Straight Talk. We'll see you next week. My guest is Mayor Ted Wheeler. Have a great week and stay safe.